Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author, and intuitive Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Welcome everyone to Geraldine Tegelove Live. I hope you are enjoying a, a fantastic week wherever you are in this wonderful world. Oh my goodness me, I, I don't know about you, but I figure the time between one week and the next seems to be getting shorter and shorter at the moment. <laughs> but I guess, you know, all we need to do is just focus on moving forward with our lives so as to bring all our dreams and goals into reality because that's what we want to do. Over the past few years, I, I've been very privileged to have interviewed many amazing people who have shared with us their visions and their passions and uh, helped us to understand where they were headed in life. And and it has been uh, an honor and a privilege hearing their inspirational stories. And many of these people have been incredible women who have grabbed hold of life in both hands and created magical outcomes. Now, Whilst I was pondering, you know, my next series of shows, an idea dropped in and I decided that I just had to run with it. So for the next six weeks, I'm going to be chatting with six real women who have truly empowered others by empowering themselves. You know, sometimes when the going gets tough, it's really great to hear from those who've probably gone through what you might be facing right in this moment. And what they share is exactly what you need to hear to uh, enable you to get up and keep on keeping on. And all of these women have faced real challenges. All of these women have had real struggles and through the challenges and struggles, all of these women have defined who they really are and have taken real steps towards living their truth. And even though these women and their stories are unique and one of a kind, they, they have a number of things in common. You know, they have vision and passion. They have strength and courage. Uh, persistence and determination and they also have faith and trust and then there's one other trait that we all need to manifest our dreams and they have it and what is that trait they have what i would call um, a knowing they have this inbuilt wisdom that allows them to understand that happiness and success will happen regardless of what may, might be going on around them, so long as they hold true to their vision and keep on keeping on. 
because giving up is simply not an option, even though they've probably wanted to do that a million times over. Well, I have anyway. So, for today, it is my pleasure to introduce my very first guest for this series, and her name is Sandra Beck. Hi, Sandra. Are you there? I am, Geraldine. Nice to be here today. Fantastic. So, I want to tell you, a bit, oh, maybe I won't tell you a bit about Sandra. Maybe I'll get Sandra. Would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and, uh, you know, who you are and, I don't know, your, whatever you want to tell us. How about we well, hear I from you? Great, because every time people read my biography, it, it, it stresses me out because I, I can't be all those things. You know, they sound so good and... You know, it's easier for me just to be me. But one of the things that I will share with everyone is that what I am doing today is a, it's like a amalgamation of everything I've done for the last 25 years. You know, in theory, I'm a internet brand strategist. I create companies and brand and market them on the internet. But that's like a big, broad umbrella. And it encompasses my education, which I have my master's in business and my undergraduate in journalism, and I'm also licensed in computer science. And all of these things kind of are just like hats I wear that come together to do what I do every day. But the most important thing, Geraldine, that I think about what I do for a living is that I make a difference. And that's if people ask me what I do, I'm a difference maker. Now, there's all those technical hats, but I make a difference. How great is that? And and explaining it that way is fantastic, Sandra, because we all do wear different hats, even down to, you know, being the mother or and being the wife or being the partner or being, you know, the, I don't know, the well-being expert in the, hel- in the household and all those things. But when you do bring it all back down into one little thing, you are making a difference in the world. How how amazing is that? Because you have family, don't you, Sandra? I do. I live with my uh, two sons who are 10 and 13. I'm a single mother, soul-supporting. And then I also care for my 83-year-old dad uh, like eight months out of the year. So if I just judged myself on my income, you know, as a as a self-employed entrepreneur, my income can go up and down. So if I look at myself based on my income as a level of success, that fluctuates. If I look at the work I'm doing, sometimes I do good work, sometimes I don't do good work. Sometimes work falls apart uh, beyond my control, even though I've done my best. So I can't really look at that. And then, oh my gosh, I've got a preteen and a teenager, so boy, don't look to them uh, <laughs> to get parenting success or feel good about yourself. So I really settle down and go, okay, what is my benchmark at the end of the day? And did I make a difference today? Did I make a difference, you know, in, in a positive way for someone, something, some company? And if I did that, that's enough. And, and do you include yourself in that, Sandra? So if you're making a difference uh, for those people, are you also making a difference for yourself? 
<laughs> sometimes. I'm definitely yeah. <laughs> not on my to-do list. I'm not on my reminder list and I'm definitely not on my success list. But yes, I mean, I, I include myself in that and I include, um, you know, it can be great or small in making a difference, but if I've done that, that's enough because we can't make a difference in the lives of 10,000 children every day. At least I can't, but I can make the lives different for 10,000 children a couple times a year with my charity endeavors. And I can make a difference in one of my friend's kids who comes over after school and shares a problem. Those things to me are equal. I know it sounds funny, but you, you can't get caught up in numbers. And, and as a tech person, we can drive ourselves crazy with numbers. But if I make a difference every day, then I've done my job. How good. That is the most beautiful way of looking at life. Have you always been like that, Sandra? No, no. I drove myself insane with numbers. Um, I drove myself insane trying to be the largest private donation for Toys for Tots. I tried to get the largest number of private individual downloads for a broadcast or a podcast or a video. No, I drove myself insane. Uh, and then I just kind of imploded. And I was like, this is stupid. Just like it's, it's, it's stupid to look at a scale to determine your health and your beauty. That was another epiphany. A number on a scale doesn't define me enough in a download doesn't define me and the number of toys I've donated raised or whatever doesn't define me as a philanthropist so I really had to adjust that as I got older because numbers lie and if today Geraldine the number says a million people listen to me and tomorrow one person listened to me because the computer crashed that cannot be my benchmark for my self-confidence no, definitely not. And um, you, I think coming up through life, we, we got so good at beating up on ourselves and comparing ourselves with everybody around us. And we also compared our happiness and success with, with somebody else as well. And we, I hope, are now wise enough to understand that, you know, we're just completely unique and one of a kind and that means that our happiness and success can't be put up against anybody else's we really have to build our own as you say Sandra number scale and say well you know where am I today as far as I'm concerned and and as we know with universal principles if we can make our own life a little happier then that's going to vibrate, vibrate out into the universe anyway and, and affect everybody around us. So I think that's an amazing way of looking at life, Sandra. And um, my goodness, you know, and it's good to hear that you've come to that over time. So we have time. Oh, lots of time. And you can change it. Like that's the beauty of it. You can change it if you don't like the way you're judging your own life and your own productivity and how you are, you change it and, and you change what you're measuring. Yes, yes. And we all have the ability to do that. It's called choice. <laughs> you know, a choice is, and we all have a choice every single day when we get out of bed, uh, we can make a choice. I was chatting to a young lady yesterday. I've been um, helping... Um, Helping my daughter, Sandra, she's bought a cafe business and I've been helping out a little bit with her. 
And one of the other girls who works there said to me yesterday, Geraldine, you're always happy. And and I don't know where it came from. I said, yeah, a long time ago, I chose to be happy today. And she turned around and looked at me and thought about it for a minute. And she said, oh, I didn't realize you could do that. <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, we can. We can choose whatever we like whenever we like. So <laughs> it's a pretty good way to go. Sandra, we're coming into break now. But after the break, I'd really love to chat with you about so many other things that I'm sure will help and inspire other women to be the best they can possibly be. So Hope that's okay with you. Hang tight, everybody. We will be back straight after the break to give you lots more great ideas. Best-selling author, musician, and life coach, Geraldine Tegelov will return after this short break. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. That spare tire that many Americans carry around their middle is not only unsightly, it is also dangerous. Abdominal obesity increases your risk of stroke, heart attack, diabetes, and more. Some call it the middle-aged spread, or a beer belly, or muffin top. But the truth is, no matter what you call it, it is just fat. Harvard Medical School says that the culprit is calories. If you take in more calories in food and drink than you burn up with exercise, you'll store excess energy in fat cells. They state that the risk begins to mount at a waist size above 37 inches for men, and a measurement above 40 inches would put you in the danger zone. For women, the corresponding waist sizes are 31 and a half and 35 inches. Exercise is the key to shrinking that belly and dissolving the fat. I'm Annette Hammond. It's marching offer wonderfully wild and wacky summer foods. From chicken fried bacon in Texas to Minnesota spaghetti and meatballs on a stick. There is something about dining at the fair that can make anyone an opsomaniac or a person who is driven to the point of madness by food. State fairs are famous for their loverwort or food with no nutritional value. The California State Fair boasts fried Krispy Kreme chicken sandwiches. That's fried chicken and Swiss cheese tucked into a Krispy Kreme donut served with a side of honey sauce. At the Iowa State Fair, you can enjoy a hot beef sundae. That's a big scoop of mashed potatoes over roast beef, covered with gravy, sprinkled with cheddar cheese, and garnished with a cherry tomato to look like a sundae. What's another word for messy food? Ma Wella. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back as Geraldine Tegelov continues to guide us through the three R's, the processes of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding a happy and successful life. Here is host and life coach, Dr. Geraldine Tegelov. Yes, you are listening to Geraldine on Geraldine Take a Love Live. And today I'm chatting with my beautiful guest, Sandra Beck. Now, this is the first in a series of six shows, which are all about real women who are empowering others by empowering self. And believe me, these women have not had it easy, but they've had a vision of how they'd like their life to be and have gone after this vision 
until it has become a reality in their lives. Have they struggled? Yes. Have they uh, not known what they're really doing? Yes. Have they wanted to give up? Yes, yes, and yes. Have they screamed and yelled and cried at the universe? Ah, uh, probably in very uh, loud volumes. <laughs> and have they finally made it? Yes. Uh, and this all makes them real. And it's just great talking to Sandra today because Sandra is is a, a really good friend of mine and I, I know her story and I know that all of these things are so true for her and yet she's here and she's making such a difference in her own life and in the lives of others, including mine. So I am feeling very honored to have her here today. So Sandra... I'd love to ask you lots more, if that's okay with you. Sure. Love and to. I, love it. I, yeah, I want to ask you first, because quite often we get caught up in, you know, what's our purpose in life? What are we here to do? And so, you know, what led you into doing what you're doing now? Well, I think it, initially it was survival. You know, I'll, I'll be very honest. Um, I needed to make a living. And I needed to make a living in a way that would energize me rather than drain me. You know, when you're a single mom and you have the some of the pressures that single moms have, you really can't afford to work in a job that depletes you because when you get home, there's nobody to turn over the kids to. There's nobody on the weekends to say, you know, here, take the kids, I need a break, or I've got to run out to the store, especially when your kids are really little. And so when I got divorced, um, my kids were three months and two and a half years old. And that didn't give me a lot of wiggle room. And my mom was dying from cancer. So my family was occupied with, you know, necessary things with with her uh, as well. So I had to take a hard look and go, what can I do to support us? And how can I have my days to support me and my boys and yet give me enough energy and I call it bandwidth at the end of the day that I can then put on my full-time mom hat. And um, that was the catalyst, making money and making it in a way that could sustain but also enhance our family, not blow it apart. I love the bandwidth, Sandra. Only you could come up with that. <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, my goodness. You know, I'm listening here to what you've gone through to start with and uh, making those choices. I guess you had to do what you had to do for survival. But when did it become something that you loved and, you know, and do you still love that, that about your work, what you do? Um, it evolved over time. You know, I didn't just shift gears. It wasn't like going from forward to reverse. It was over a five-year span of time. And I found that I could do more of the things I love each week. You know, it was very gradual. It wasn't um, a big shift. I didn't quit one career and start another. 
I didn't quit one company and build another. It sort of morphed over time. And, you know, because we changed, Geraldine, what I loved to do 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago is very different than what I like to do now. And mm. so making a small shift every day in what you're doing has unbelievable exponential results a year from now. It, it feels frustrating, you know, to say like, oh, you know, today I'm going to do this and I'm going to get paid for this and it's not very much, but at the end of the year, you know, it'll be this. It's, it's really hard to hold on to that. But if you live in the present, and it took me having my kids to understand what living in the present means, you know, they don't, <laughs> they don't worry about mortgage next week. They don't worry about when the next episode of SpongeBob or Flash is on. They just enjoy it for what it is. And when it's over, it's over and they move on to the next thing. And I had to actually watch my kids grow up to learn what that really meant. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, that whole thing of living in the moment, if we could only grab hold of that and run with it, as you say, like kids do, it would be just fantastic. But it's, I guess it's only natural that we have, um, you know, the, the concerns that are there to survive today and survive tomorrow and the next day. But it's good to hear, Sandra, that um, you haven't kind of gone, uh, oh, now let me step back a bit. You know, sometimes when I do workshops with people and say, it's really good for us to do what we love and love what we do, and that's how we'll find the greatest happiness and success. And people kind of think, oh, my goodness, so to, tomorrow, you know, I've got to stop what I'm doing and jump into something else. And it's lovely to hear, <clears throat> pardon me, that, it's, be, it's been a really gradual thing for you, which is so important that we don't feel we have to shift everything. Uh, you know, right now we can move over gradually and start to put more time into those things that we love. And I reckon that kind of unfolds anyway, doesn't it? It does. And when you, when you move too fast, it's like, going into a store and grabbing the first pair of shoes you see and running out the door. Now, if you have to go to a concert that night, you need a pair of shoes. That's one thing. But being able to try on different shoes takes time. And I found that some of the things that I thought would make me really happy really didn't. And I found that I didn't want to do them all the time. Like I had an opportunity to shift my business only into book editing and I could make a lot of money on it, Geraldine, and I could do it very well, but I kept falling asleep in the middle of it. And I realized <laughs> I could only edit for a couple hours a day and then I'm bored. I don't even care if the book is that good. So I realized, you know what, I'm not going to take on five books this month. I'm going to take on two and then I'm going to continue teaching, continue doing my radio and continue doing my programming. I needed to figure that out over a, a plan of time and if I had just quit everything and gone full bore into the publishing company and taken a job as an editor, I would have killed myself like three months into it going, what did I do? I went, I moved too fast. <laughs> and that is oh so true, Sandra. And I, you know, I love the way you said, you know, we need to try things on for size, meaning, you know, we really need to figure out what we love to do and what we don't and slowly move into it. And that changes with every season of our lives, as you also talked about earlier. 
you know what you what you really enjoy to do doing uh, at this point in your life may not be well it's certainly not what you know what I was doing in my 20s is certainly not what I enjoy doing now in my 60s so it does make a difference and and it's okay to change which is really good too um so Sandra I'm sure um along the way there've been some pretty big personal challenges in your life. Uh, do you want to kind of, and I don't mean to get too personal here, but uh, even share some of these so that others who are going through personal challenges at the moment can kind of say to themselves, okay, so if someone like Sandra can go through it, then I can get through it too and come out the other side. Is that okay, Sandra? I would love that because I think owning my mistakes, owning my messes or my failures or my foibles, whatever you want to call them, I think that's been really empowering for me. And I look at them now and I laugh. You know, at the time they were kind of catastrophic things. But now when I look back at them, you know, and I still struggle with some of them on a regular basis. And those are really like they come down to three things like doubt, like I, I doubt you know, I doubt myself. I doubt my decisions. I doubt I get riddled with doubt and anxiety. They kind of go together. And then number two is I struggle with my worth, not being attached to certain things. Um, and then the other thing is I found that I'm really kind and, and compassionate to other people. And I don't put that to myself. So those are kind of like my big three things that I've struggled with. And you know, Geraldine, when I had a lot of money, I had a lot of self-worth. And that, as shallow as that sounds, and I could look at my stuff and go, wow, I really made it. Well, then I got divorced and went through a foreclosure and, you know, closed my company, yeah. opened a company, you know, did the whole thing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have, I have no self-worth. I'm not even worth looking at. I'm not worth going on a date, which is so stupid. But mm. that's, you know, I really felt that way. And I had to work through a lot of that. Um, I really had to work through that. Where does my worth come from? Which is why my worth now comes from, you know, who I am, how I have shown up in this world today. Like it's not dependent on yesterday. It's not dependent on tomorrow. It's like, you know, it's part of me of who I am today. And I choose to have self-worth just like you choose to have happiness. It's kind of one of those things you either decide you have it or you don't, um, and that was that was that's been a, been a journey for me. Um, but it's, I mean, heaven, Sandra. I think you've named doubt and self worth and not being kind to yourself. And I would have a guess that ninety five or ninety nine percent of the population are feeling those three in a, a big way. And. Uh, these are one of the, the biggest problems about society is that doubt and uh, the lack of self-worth because that stops us from, as we were talking before, making those choices that are really good choices for us. And if we can't uh, find that self-worth, 
which of course comes from within, then we're never going to build that self-worth and self-esteem. Now, we are coming into break again. My goodness, time is going quickly. When you love talking to someone, it just (laughs) runs away, doesn't it? (laughs) But after the break, we'll continue with how Sandra dealt with these personal challenges, how she overcame them, and so many other things as well. You will love hearing what she did. Best-selling author, musician, and life coach, Geraldine Tegelove will return after this short break. It's words you never heard. Which U.S. state would you guess has the fastest talkers? Recent research by analytics company MarchX revealed that the nation's fastest talkers come from Oregon, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Kansas, and Iowa. What about New York, you ask? New York ranked near the bottom at 38. But New Yorkers do use more words. A New Yorker will use 62% more words than someone from Iowa who have the same basic conversation. What's another word for fast-talking? Takilaya. America's slow-spoken or tardiloquent talkers were from North Carolina, Alabama, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Mississippi. What's a word for someone who likes to say the same thing over and over? A batologist. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. A hundred years ago, only about 10% of adults were overweight. But today, an estimated 61% of Americans are overweight. Yet we have the same genes as our ancestors. What's changed isn't our genes, but our lifestyle. Our lives have become more sedentary and our daily activity level has decreased for the days of our past relatives. We have loads of unhealthy processed food and easily accessed fast food. Ultimately, your behavior determines the number on the scale. If you choose healthy, low-calorie food and exercise, you can lose weight or maintain your present weight. Choose the right behaviors and reap the rewards of a healthy lifestyle. Stay active, eat light, nutritious food, and watch your health increase as your weight decreases. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back as Geraldine Tegelov continues to guide us through the three R's, the processes of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding a happy and successful life. Here is host and life coach, Dr. Geraldine Tegelov. Woohoo! Yes, you are listening to Geraldine on Geraldine Take a Love Live, and I am chatting with Sandra Beck today. Huh. Sandra um, has become a really good friend of mine over, oh, I'd say the last couple of years. And it's funny, we've never actually met in person, have we, Sandra? But, you know, we've still seemed to have this feeling that we've known each other forever. Now, 
today, uh, this is the first in a series of six shows focused on helping you understand that regardless of what might be happening in your life at any given moment, it's always possible to have your dreams and goals become a reality in your life. It's looking at the challenges and the struggles and learning how to overcome those. Now, if you'd like to listen to the complete show and heaps of others, if you have, you know, just joined us, then you can download them for free from iTunes. Just search Geraldine Tegelove Live under podcasts, or you can come here to Toginet, or you can also find them on my website at GeraldineTegelove.com, and you spell Tegelove, T-E-G-G-E-L-O-V-E. So, Sandra, before the break, we were chatting about um, your personal challenges, how did you overcome this, Sandra? What did you do? Um, well, first of all, I I spent some time with myself, like, you know, like at the beach, I live near the beach, so I'd go sit there and I would have these conversations with myself. And they weren't like the weird ones you have in the middle of the night where you can't sleep, where you make an agreement with yourself that makes no sense whatsoever just to get you back to sleep. I really sat down and kind of talked to myself about, uh, some of the things that, you know, I was, I was just thinking wrong. Like, here's a good example. I've been single now for eight years or seven or eight years. I can't remember. Um, and I've always paid my mortgage. I've always paid my car payment on time. You know, I've never missed a payment and yes, I've had to carry some credit balance. I paid it down over the years. I've acquired some paid it down overall. I've done a really good job. And if I was talking to you, Geraldine, or to my child or to my sister or my friend, I would be like, Oh my gosh, you are wonderful. You're amazing. Of course you can do it. And, but what, what was coming in my head was like, well, you're not good enough. And you, you know, you, you, you didn't pay this off and it took you two years to pay this off and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I, I got into this <laughs> argument with myself going, wow, you are really mean to yourself. And I remember sitting in my beach chair, you know, like yes. a lunatic having this conversation going, <laughs> I love it. Yes. Helping yourself. And, um, so I really had to listen to what I was telling myself when I wasn't paying attention. And um, I know there's a fancy word. I think they called it mindfulness or, or something like that. I, I don't do well with those fancy words. I just needed to listen to how I was talking to myself and I needed to change it. And that little mind can have so much control over us. It's kind of, um, well, it's the monkey mind, really, isn't it? It's that mind that keeps telling us, uh, you know, and, and I know metaphysically, Sandra, that the mind is always geared more towards the negative than it is towards the positive. Not sure why, it just seems to be that physical thing about us. And I know exactly what you mean because the mind chatter that goes on and on and on and always seems to tell you, you know, uh, you can't or why it won't work or how bad you are or how you failed. I don't know. It must take – and I'm sure the mind has been to negative university or something or other, but it seems to be able to do this to us all the time. And so – how did you get through that mind stuff, Sandra? Uh, you I, know, you had you had your conversation, obviously. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I took a piece of paper. You know, I had my my journal with me, you know, just like my day planner. And I wrote down, you know, like I just started writing down like the awful things that I would tell myself. And then I made a new list of how I was going to turn it around and what I was going to tell myself. And some of those, like, you know, I just got my book out here because I I do this regularly now because I think you don't just do it once. Like there's a lot in there, especially when you've walked the earth for more than like five years at a clip. Um, You know, there's a lot of stuff in there. So, you know, the runs I wrote down recently is like your anxiety cannot be my anxiety. And, you know, 99% of the things you worry about never happen. And these sound like things that should be on like a bumper sticker or a T-shirt. But I had to identify them for me. And then in typical computer terms, I had to reprogram myself. And I'd say in my head, now stop that. You know, stop that. You know, this is, this is you know, and not that it's yours, Geraldine, but this is Geraldine's anxiety, not yours. This yes. is Linda's. This is Bob's anxiety, not mine. And I don't want it. And, you know, take it back. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic, Sandra. And it's so easy to do that. I mean, once you make that decision that, and of course, it's about the intentions that you set. If it's not mine, I'm not going to carry it around because, boy, that backpack can get so heavy carrying everybody else's stuff that it really weighs us down in incredible ways. So, Sandra, now that, you know, that's kind of your personal challenges, I I think, but what about uh, your business challenges? Did you have the same sort of issues there or what business challenges did you encounter? Um, Well, you know, they did leak over for sure. You know, that doubt, anxiety and worth, you know, allowed me to price myself really low, work too many hours for too little pay. I mean, so it did manifest over there in certain ways. So when I when I fixed some of my personal things, my business thing adjusted. Um, But one of the biggest challenges that I have had and I still have and I, you know, I think I've got it pretty much at least under control for now. Um, was finding balance because I would come up with an idea and I could make money on it and I would spend like four days going into my office and shutting the whole world out just to make money or just to get this project done. And, you know, my kids would be sitting outside, you know, waiting or they'd be at friends, you know, I, I couldn't, moderation was not something that I was good at in my business. I was good at pulling, you know, two all-nighters to, to pull off a miracle. Um, yeah. But I really tried not to do that anymore. And I've tried to do that consistent, small changes every day in my business. And one of the things I did incorporate was every Sunday night, I sit down with my day planner and I plan out my week. And I don't always stick to it and I don't always get everything done but I rather choose not to do something than forget it because I'm in overwhelm or exhaustion. And kind of getting that into balance um, was a challenge for me. It's still a challenge, and I have to be diligent or, like, things fall apart. Yeah, and and I, I don't know about you, Sandra, but I know for myself, once I've chosen that uh, I am worth this amount of money or I am worthy of having time out 
or, you know, all those silly beliefs that we hold on to, um, once we've dealt with those and, and shifted those, it's amazing how we do seem to earn that money in a shorter space of time. And people are happy to pay it or people are, you know, one big issue was for, for me was because we live out in the country, oh, well, clients probably won't want to drive here, you know, even though it would take them longer in the city to get from point A to point B, it just, I felt, oh, maybe they won't want to come out into the country. And once I chose that, no, that's the most ridiculous belief that you could have, people just are happy to come. It's amazing, isn't it, Sandra, how you can change things. Well, and I wouldn't think anything of driving to someone where I needed something, but yet why would I think someone else wouldn't? Like that's, that's that, that weird thinking that gets in our way. Yeah, it does. And boy, and you must have had incredible business challenges, as you say, trying to balance two little babies, because they were really just babies, weren't they? And earning sufficient income to keep the household running. Yeah, and you know, I I look back now, like at the time, I beat myself up pretty good. And I remember two of my clients in Seattle, these two guys that I still am friends with today, love them. They fired me in the most respectful, dignified, and loving manner. I've never been fired in a nicer way. And they just said to me, you know, we love you. We want you to work for us. But right now, you know, with your mom dying, with your kids, with all this stuff, we are not able to give us the focus we need, but we're going to be here when you're ready. And that was the nicest firing I've ever had. And I did go on to work for them later once things cleared up. Um, because you do the best you can at the time with what you have, and that's enough. And I think often um, the universe takes a hand in it anyway, or fate and destiny, or whatever you want to call it. But you know, if we're not prepared to put that balance into our lives and if we can't focus on it, then it will very quickly take it away for the time being so that we can get life back into balance. But, hey, that's a beautiful story, Sandra. Thank you. Yeah, because people think firing is bad or they have some big epiphany after. No, sometimes you just can't do it. And and you're better off not trying to do it because, you know, then we just force things into being and uh, as we all know, what we push against or we try to force, uh, we're actually pushing it away or forcing it away from ourselves rather than attracting it to us. So um, it's, you know, it's a much nicer way to step out of those situations like Sandra did and go, well, okay, no, maybe I'm not going to be able to focus on that. But it gives you that space, I guess, to say, well, okay, um, maybe we can, you know, find another space where we can or another something that I can focus on better so that I can work on it. It's a, it's a funny one, but a good one. Now, Sandra, once again, we're coming into our final break for today. And uh, at the moment, everyone, I'm talking to Sandra Beck, and we're discussing 
how about how empowering self can help you to empower others and believe me today we've heard from a very empower we are listening to a very empowering woman who has gone through it all and is coming out the other side beautifully so we've got one last segment and to hear lots more Best-selling author, musician, and life coach, Geraldine Tegelove will return after this short break. It's Did you know a dentist invented the first electric chair? Just thinking about going to the dentist makes me feel like I'm headed for death row. What's a word for the fear of a dentist? Odontophobia. Bruxomania is another word for the compulsive grinding of one's teeth. Early toothbrushes were twigs with frayed ends. Toothpaste in a tube was made available to the public in 1892 and was called Dr. Scheffel's Cream Dentifrice. Now Americans buy 14 million gallons of toothpaste every year. In Mexico, the tooth fairy is called the tooth mouse. Half of all Americans say that a smile is the first thing they notice about a person. It's easy to spot a person with a fake smile, otherwise known as an exodesiast. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. During the holidays, temptation is everywhere. Christmas parties, office parties, Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, New Year's parties, not to mention the cookie exchanges and delectable food gifts. It seems like every time you turn around, you're faced with temptation to eat the wrong foods and get off your healthy living lifestyle. I want you to know that you can go through the holiday season and make good choices and still have a fabulous and merry time. This holiday season, don't make food your focus. There's so much more to the holidays than just incredible food. Make your family, friends, and loved ones the focal point of the season. Center in on the true meaning of why we celebrate and give thanks. It's okay to enjoy some wonderful food, too. Just keep your portion sizes in check and stay faithful to your exercise. I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back as Geraldine Tegelove continues to guide us through the three R's, the processes of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding a happy and successful life. Here is host and life coach, Dr. Geraldine Tegelove. We are back and you are listening to Geraldine Tegelove and my guest, Sandra Beck, and we're chatting about... Uh, the flow-on effects of empowering others once we learn to empower ourselves. And over the next six weeks, I'm going to be chatting with women who have done just that. And, and these are what I describe as real women. You know, they've, they've stepped out in faith and trust with a vision in their hearts and with uh, things that they just have to get on with and get done. And they've overcome the challenges that presented themselves along the way. And um, I'm not sure whether they would say it, but I can see that they have all come out uh, victorious and are now inspiring others to do the same and helping others in so many ways. I know Sandra has been an incredible 
help to me in my business. I'm, I'm, you know, a fairly reasonable kind of metaphysician and I know lots about that side of life. And But when it comes to marketing, oh my goodness, you know, what I know about marketing could be put on a a stamp or something. That's how much I know about it. And Sandra is always there to help me. She's just amazing. And I don't know where she comes up with all these ideas and and methods and tactics and whatever you call them, but she seems to just know what to do when it comes to marketing. That's right, Sandra, isn't it? Well, you know, I think it's divine. I think it's a gift. Um, stuff comes out of my mouth. I don't know where it came from. So I just let it flow. I mean, it doesn't mean I don't think about what I'm saying, but we all have our gifts. And if we really embrace our gifts, it's, it's unbelievable what we can do. So, Sandra, can you give us – now, I know you'll go, oh, Geraldine, you know, da, da, da. No. Sandra, can you give us a, a – a, tell us how you can actually – like if someone's like me and hasn't got one ounce of marketing within them or internet, you know, strategy or whatever, how can you actually help someone? Um, well, a lot of times it's it's getting to know their product or service and then flipping it around to what does the consumer want? Because everybody has great ideas and great products and great things, but if they don't solve a need or, or create something better for a person or people don't want it, um, it's very hard to sell it. So one of the things that I always do for clients is help them see their product through the purchaser or the consumer's eyes and what is it they want. And if, you know, if I'm selling something and you don't want it, I don't care how fancy your website, how wonderful your marketing, if you don't want it and you don't need it, Geraldine, you're not going to buy it. Yeah, you are so right, Sandra. And you've certainly helped me along the way with that. So Sandra, um, how then would people go about um, getting in touch with you or getting your assistance with their marketing or with their business or, and I'm sure you can help them with websites and all of that sort of thing as well. How, how would they go about getting in touch with you? Oh, they, it's really simple. I'm lucky to have a name like you that's not super common. So if you Google Sandra Beck, you go to sandrabeck.com, you look up Sandra Beck in any of the social medias, there I am. Fantastic. And you would start with a conversation, Sandra? I would. I would have a conversation because I can't sell everything. And I can't sell everything quickly. And I can't sell everything for a certain budget. You know, getting to know someone and getting to know their comfort level and looking at the depth and complexity of their product and how easily it is absorbed by the market, all these are considerations. And most of the time, a marketing company will just take your product and, you know, use a, a pat standard um, of sales and then they'll execute it. And you know what? Whether it sells or not, the marketing company always wins. I, I can't take a product on that I don't understand, don't able to market or can't market. Um, and I have, to, I have to have confidence in that product before I can work on it. I certainly understand that. And I guess uh, would a certain rapport with the client, 
I guess you have certain um, ways of doing business of how, because you also obviously work on universal principles and would you need to make sure that was in place too? Absolutely, because if you don't have chemistry and if you're not coachable, you know, you don't go to a florist to get your tooth pulled. So, you know, when you come to me, you come for a specific set of services and Part of that service is for me to educate you in your own market, in your own business, because quite frankly, you're not a marketer and I'm not a, you know, um, florist. So we have to bring our skill sets together with mutual respect and understanding and a willingness to learn. Like I'm willing to learn all about my, my customer's product or my client's product. So they need to come with that same open mindedness with me to learn all about their marketing opportunities so that jointly we can make the best decision uh, together using both of our expertises. You know, that's, that's one of the things that has to be collaborative or I won't do it. Wow. And I guess, um, you know, like you were saying, with some marketing companies, uh, one size fits all, but this is not the case with you? No, because I need to, when I work for someone, it takes time away from my kids. It takes time away from my life. It takes time away from my other endeavors. And I really don't want to market something that's not going to sell. Yes, yeah. And I guess you produce a, a marketing um, plan. A plan or whatever that really fits that individual client rather than just taking out a, a general marketing plan and going, well, that'll do. Right, because most products are saturated today. It's very hard to find a unique or different product or service. You know, there's a million different vitamins, a million different, you know, watches, a million different. So it's not just enough to say we have a watch. We've got to find out what what makes you different and what makes you different has to be of value in your client's eyes for them to pay for it. And that's a little tricky. Yes. <clears throat> Pardon me and take a bit of time, effort and energy. So... It's wonderful to hear that, though, Sandra, because I know from personal experience that um, <clears throat> I think it was when my first book came out and and uh, was offered this amazing marketing, you know, this is what's going to happen and da-da-da, but it, it certainly, uh, it was, I felt, was just a rolled-out plan that was the same for every single person, and that doesn't work. I, I, I guess I discovered the hard way that that certainly doesn't work. So, Sandra, because um, we're coming towards the end of the show, <clears throat> pardon me, I've got this little cough at the moment. Um, I'd love to ask you to share with our listeners, what advice would you give other women who are really ready now to step out and follow their heart and really uh, have their life kind of, you know, open up and find that light at the end of the tunnel? Well, I think, first of all, I will, I'm going to use some of my mom's words. You know, she had this great line. She would say to me, you know, you don't have to live your life in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> and I, I love you know, it. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to live your life in the next 15 minutes. So, 
if you sit down, you know, and I, I advise everybody to buy a calendar they can write in, like looks like a book, you know, they can open it up and write in it. And then you can either brainstorm once a week or once a month, but put one little change, one little improvement, one little enhancement, one little thought change. You know, they don't all have to be physical. You know, it can be, you know, stop eating junk food or stop eating soda. That's one thing, but it can also be like stop beating yourself up or how about this make index cards that say nice things about yourself and promise to read them every night before you go to bed and every morning when you get up so that you can reprogram your brain into being somebody that you like to be around because you might be great to be around for others but are you great to be around for yourself and Making one little change a day or one bigger change a week or one big change a month, oh my gosh, by the end of the uh, calendar year, you're a whole different, it's a whole different ball game. And it's often the way, isn't it, Sandra, with all those little mini kind of steps, by the end of the year, you have seemed to have reached that big aha moment, <laughs> but it hasn't been a, you know, out under the stars one night, you have this enormous aha moment. No, it's just been those tiny little steps along the way that have created that big aha moment. They do. They all lead. And anybody who's ever watched a puppy or a baby, they don't get up and run around the room. You know, it takes a while for them to figure it out. And it takes us to figure it out a while, too. And that's okay. Uh, absolutely. And and I love your idea of the, uh, the cards, of just having those and even coming up every day with something that's wonderful about you. Uh, even the the writing out of that, because words have power, incredible energy and power. And once you start to write that, you are just affirming so much good about yourself. And and girls, let's face it, you know, we want a facelift and we want beautiful skin and a beautiful complexion. I tell you what, the best way of getting that is not through lots of wonderful creams and potions and lotions. It is actually through feeling uh, beautiful and feeling love for ourselves and, you know, all those wonderful things that we can empower ourselves with. Sandra, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It has been absolutely wonderful to hear your inspirational story and your fantastic advice. Thank you, Geraldine. Thank you so much. Um, and so, everyone, if you want to connect to Sandra, and I strongly urge you to do so, you'll find her at sandrabeckbeck.com. Very easy to find, and she'll be there. Now, in the meantime, though, uh, I want to wish you all the most wonderful, wonderful week ahead. I know it's going to be a great one because you're going to start writing out those little cards, the lovely things about you. But in the meantime, I'll wish you a million blessings of happiness and love and peace. Bye for now. Geraldine will be back next week with more life-changing ideas to share. In the meantime, 
you can visit her at www.geraldinetegelove.com to check out her fabulous new products and her workshops. Remember that all Geraldine's radio shows are available on iTunes free of charge. So 